Our Father, we thank you this evening. Thank you for bringing us to your presence. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be part of the brethren that will participate in our first ever career and employability seminar. Holy Spirit, you will teach us this evening from your word and cause our eyes of understanding to be open. That at the end of this seminar, as we had prayed, we'll go out there into the world and profit with those things that we are going to deposit in our life this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, faithful Father, because we know that you've answered our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name, we'll pray. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we'll pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, brethren, good evening. Um, can you just say welcome to the next person beside you? Welcome to the presence of your Father in heaven. Uh, this is the first time in Beria Evangelical Mission that we're going to be organize this type of seminar. Seminar on career and employability. You know, we live in a world that is a lot more complex than the times of the Apostles. And it is the will of God that every facet of our life should be okay. God is interested in everything about us. He's interested in our spiritual well-being. He's interested in our marriages. He's interested in our home. He's interested in the work that we do. If you are a student, he's interested in you succeeding as a student. He's interested in your total well-being as his children. So we consider that we should start talking to ourselves about our careers. We should start talking to ourselves about employability for those of us that are into paid employment. And as time goes on too, we'll be talking to us about how to succeed as students, how to write exams and pass without uh, cheating. We're going to be teaching ourselves about marriage, about family, how to understand God's will for your life if you are a woman, how to find the will of God if you are a man, and if you have been married, how to be successful with your marriage. If you are having challenges, how you can restore your home. And all of these things combined, we're going to be teaching ourselves. Then, we're also not just going to neglect our spiritual life. We're going to be talking to ourselves about our new birth experience, about Holy Spirit baptism. We're going to be talking to ourselves about effectiveness as a believer. We're going to be talking to ourselves about evangelism and how we can impact our world positively. There is so much confusion around us now. And the Bible says we are supposed to be salt. We are supposed to be light. Positively influencing our environment. All of these things we are going to teach ourselves as the Holy Spirit will then enable us. Hallelujah. Amen. Without neglecting how to prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord. Amen. Amen. A balanced Christian is a terror to the devil. If every aspect of your life is okay, you are going to be a terror to the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. So this evening, you know what we are going to be talking about? Career and employability. Amen. Amen. Everything that happens to you, you can always find a basis for it in the Bible. And as we talk about career and employability, we are going to take our perspectives from the word of God. We are Christians and the book of chapter that direct and guide our life is the Bible. Therefore, we're taking our understanding and inspiration about career and employability from the Word of God. Can somebody please open his or her Bible to Matthew 
the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20 from verses 1 to 4. I will be glad if we have a new international version. But if not, you can read the contemporary English version. Let me hear it. Or good news, or any one that you have. Verses 1 to 4. Yes. He said, Any one man, a man went out to hire some workers for his own life. After he had agreed to pay them the usual amount for day's work, he sent them off to his own life. About nine, about nine that men, the man saw some other people standing in the market with nothing to do. He said, He would pay them what was fair if they would work in his own life. That's verse 4. Thank you. Now, the interesting thing and the reason why I'm putting NIV is this. Today, we are looking at you also go and walk. That's the title of today's seminar. You also go and walk. Can you say it to your neighbor? Ah, tell him now. Tell your neighbor. Again. Amen. Um, that phrase is taken from NIV, New International Version. Let me read NIV to us. Matthew 21 to 4. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a dinaros for the day, like let's say one dollar or one thousand naira and sent them into his vineyard. Verse 3. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And he said to them, you also go and walk in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. Verse 5 said, so they went. So the inspiration for today's seminar is taken from Matthew chapter 20, verse 4 that says, you also Go and work. Go and work, as Ghanaians say. Go and work. It's Nigerians that say work. You also go and work. You know, as Christians, one of the challenges we have is that when you become a Christian, we pastors, we ask you to be committed to the work of God. We ask you to be encouraged. We encourage you to be committed, to be devoted to the kingdom work. But the way people interpret working for God is that then the work you do to earn a living is secular. You just begin to see people, they show laziness and lack of interest. They don't want to work for a living again because they are working for God. By doing so, they are cheating themselves. They are robbing themselves of the blessings that we accrue to them from God and the benefit that we accrue to them from the workplace. When you are working for God, you are also supposed to work for yourself. Are you following me now? Working for God does not mean you should not work for yourself. It is another extreme. If you are working for yourself and you are not working for God, God will not be happy with you. But as Christians, God is interested in you working. 
the landowner, he came out by 9 o'clock and he saw that people are standing in the marketplace. They are not doing anything. What did he say to them? You also, go and work in my vineyard. I will pay you what is right. This thing that happened in the days of the Bible is still happening in our own generation. If you have construction work to do now, where do you normally go and park laborers? Where will you go and park laborers? Maybe you go to Sabo. Maybe you go to Aribabu. You will see those guys, FT able-bodied men. They will gather very early in the morning because they are looking for what? Work. And they know that some contractors or some foreman or some technician or some, some supervisors will come and say, can you work? Can you work? We have work to do. Okay, let's go. Put them inside the moto. We'll pay you X amount. They will follow him. It's not so. It's the same thing that was happening in the days of the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. So the man came by 9 o'clock. By 9, everybody should be at work. Unless the person is sick. Or unless the person is a student. If by 9 o'clock, you are still sleeping in your bed, you are not sick, you are not on holiday, you are not a student, you are not an apprentice learning a job, something is wrong with you. 9 o'clock in the morning, should meet you in your working place. Unless you are sick and you are recovering. Or unless they give you holiday to rest. Or unless you are a student. Even as a student, nine o'clock should meet you where? School. In the school. You should be learning. Cynthia, nine o'clock is what period? Second. Second period. That means that first period has gone. Second period. Hallelujah. Amen. So by nine o'clock, this man came out and he saw able-bodied men. They are hiding. The Bible says they are doing nothing. He did not insult them. He just said to them, you, you, you also go and walk. Meaning that people of God, meaning that God is interested in us walking because he is the one that ordained work for man. Genesis chapter 2. We have to be fast this evening. If you are there before me, just go ahead and read. Genesis chapter 2 verse 8 and verse 15. Read any version please. Genesis 2, 8 and 15. Just 8 and 15. Yes, thank you. The Lord made a garden. The Lord made a garden. In a place called Eden. Yes. Which was, which was in the east. Mm-hmm. Whose demand did. Yes. The Lord God placed. No, go to 15. The Lord God put demand in the garden of Eden. Yes. To, care, to take care of it and to look after it. God bless you, my sister. It is God that created work. And he created work for man. It means that work is beneficial for your body. Hallelujah. Amen. Work has benefit for your body as a human being. Because God created it. Everything that God created is good. God created the world. God created man. Then God created a garden. He put man inside that garden. What did he say should be doing in the garden, please? Can you read that uh, last part for me? To do what in the garden? To dress it, to look after it, to keep it. What is that supposed to mean? Work. Because looking after it takes some effort. Is that not so? Dressing it, watching it, tendering it, carrying it takes effort. In fact, it will take sweat out of you. Meaning that you have exerted 
some amount of energy. Come and ask us who are farmers. To eat corn, what will you do? You must plant it. Planting it will exert some energy, some sweat from your body. You cannot be sleeping and snoring and plant corn. Can you? A man who is sleeping and snoring cannot plant corn, he cannot harvest corn. That is what happened. God ordained work. And we have seen it in the Bible. But okay, so Adam fell now. Did the fall of man affect work? No, it does not. It only changed the way man would work. Before Adam fell, because we are looking at the Bible now, God made work enjoyable. Go and take care of it. Go and tend it. Go and dress it. How many of you know how to prepare salad here? And also, okay. Women, salad. Salad. Aha. Because I said salad. Salad. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't let that happen. When you do salad, what did anybody say they do to salad? They, they dress it now. Say they salad dressing. We have some cream for salad dressing. You see, when you are dressing salad, you like it, you enjoy it, is it not? But when man sing in the garden, the way we walk changed. Genesis chapter 3. I will talk less this evening, but I will allow the Bible to speak the word, to do the talking. Genesis chapter 3 now, from verse 17. God did not change work because of sin. Work only changed. The nature of work only changed. We still have to work. That's why the fact that we are falling. Yes? 17 to 19. Yes? You listen to your wife and from that tree. And so the ground will be under a cross because of what you did. As long as you live, you will have to struggle to grow enough food. Your food will be plants, but the ground will produce plants and tissues. You will have to sweat to earn a living. Mm. You were made out of soil and you will once again turn into soil. You will, thank you, God bless. I like contemporary English version. You will have to sweat to hand a living. Hallelujah. Amen. It means that God is there himself created work for us. And despite the fact that we sin, he did not eliminate work. There are certain things that God created in the beginning. And the sin of man did not eliminate those things. If you are a student of the Bible, let me list the things that God created in the beginning. God created man. God created woman. Are you following me? God created work. To earn a living is God that created it for man. And I will show you the reason. God created family. Hmm? God created family. God created marriage. God created sex for the family. Inside the family, not outside the family. God created the society. These are the things that God created for our use, for our benefit. Everything that God created is for our use, is for our benefit. Are you with me now? He created work for our use. He created work for our benefit. And when you work, one, you are serving God. 
See, people of God, as you listen to me this evening, and you will have opportunity to listen to me on our Beria Missions Internet Radio, all the things that God created, they are for our use and benefit. And when you use them, you are only serving God. Amen. Amen. When you work, you are serving God. I don't know where people get the idea that this one is secular work, this one is spiritual work. If you are a nurse, you give people injection, you care for people that are sick, you put bandage on their head, you are serving God. Are you with me now? It is not until you hold microphone and you preach in the church that you serve God. It is not until you preach that you serve God. If you are an automobile mechanic, you help people to repair their vehicle and they can move about with ease, you are serving God. In our Christian understanding of work, there is no spiritual work, there is no secular work. Work is work. Go and read from Genesis to Revelation. There is nowhere the Bible says, this one is spiritual. This one is carnal. There is nothing carnal about work. Are we together this evening? Because this understanding will help you to become a better person. You see some people, they will say they are serving God. Look, they will go and sit on the mountain. From morning to night, they will be sleeping, sleeping. Then maybe one hour they will pray. Later in the afternoon they will pray. In the evening they will pray. They will say they are serving God. That's not work. Oh. That's not work. It's a total misunderstanding of the concept of ministry. Anything that you do that does not extract energy from you and is not bigger than you is not work. Because it must challenge you. Hallelujah. Amen. When you work, one, you are serving God. And when you work, you are able to provide for your own household. What are the things I said God created? Man, woman, marriage, family, sex, um, society, work. It's complete. And all of them are interconnected. A man and a woman must create a family. And when there is sex, they must produce um, children. And in doing so, they must have a society. How will you care for the family? It is by working. Are you following me now? So, if you are a young lady here, if a man is coming to you to say, I love you, can you marry me? The first thing you look out for is, you got work? If he doesn't have a work, tell him to go and get a work first. So many sad stories all over the place. I came back from um, my school yesterday. While in the school, I saw a, an old staff in the last company that I worked. The young lady, she's big now. I didn't even recognize her. She's the one that greeted me. Ah, Oga Jimmy, Oga Jimmy. I said, ah, I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Then she mentioned her name. I said, oh, you are this big now? When I knew her, she was like uh, Cynthia. She was doing IT in our company. I saw family, children, husband, what do you do now? She said, she's looking for a job. She has come for an interview. She has divorced her husband. I said, oh, what happened? She told me the story. I didn't hear the other side. But it was sad, it was pathetic. She said, oh, the man only married her when she had a work. And after the marriage, when she lost her work, the man turned to a beast and was beating her up. And she showed me on her phone 
one of the injuries that she sustained from the beating. Oh, it was scary. It was so bad that she now went to court and got a divorce. Are you with me now? So when a man comes to you and says, uh, um, I love you, I want to marry you. You ask him, do you have a work? If he doesn't have a work, tell him to go and work first. It's not me that said so, it's the Bible that said it. Let's go and check it. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. We have to be very fast. Somebody to open Proverbs 12, 11. Another person, Proverbs 12, 24. Read the first one that you see. First Timothy 5, 8. Proverbs 12, 11. Proverbs 12, 24. Let's go. First Timothy 5, 8. Yes, anybody? First Timothy 5, 8. If, but if anyone does not provide for his own, that's the Bible. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Are you with me now? Proverbs 12, 11. Yes. Yes. God bless you. What about 24? Yes. Thank you. Looking at these three scriptures, working enables you to provide for your own household. If you don't work, you will go hungry. If you don't work, you will be a beggar. If you don't work, if you are a man, you can't take care of your wife, you cannot take care of your children. If you don't work, if you are a woman, you will be a dependent human being. And you will be poor. Look, do not make a mistake if you are a woman here. You are not supposed to be dependent on the work of your husband. You are also supposed to work for yourself. It's the Bible that says so and you will see it. Your husband will take care of you, yes. But you will also have a means of livelihood for yourself. And that is a message for the men. If you are a man here, don't keep your woman at home and tell her to be a full-time housewife. No, that is not the will of God at all. It's not in the Bible. It's culture. It's our culture that says women should sit at home, they should not work. Go and read your Bible very well. Go and read the book of Proverbs about the story of the virtuous woman. The Bible says that she was working and her husband became a pride because of her industry. Are you following me now? So when you work, you are able to take care of yourself, you are able to provide for your household. I'm not talking to students here. By the time you are done with school, the first thing you do is to get a job. Either you create the job for yourself or you get a job. If you are a student, you don't need to bother your head, but because your parents and your guardians will take care of you by the grace of God. If you have skill to help you earn small, small living that does not affect your studies, that's in order. But you are not going to be a primary breadwinner because you are still undergoing tutelage. But once you have graduated and you have come of age, you are a man, you are a woman. You must work. Because if you don't work, you have denied the faith. You are not a Christian. And you are worse than an unbeliever. That's what the Bible says. So you must work. 
Okay? When you work, you are able to provide for your own household. That's what the word of God says. Then, when you work, your work is an expression of your faith. Your work is an expression of your faith. You see, Paul says to Timothy that he who does not work has denied the faith. But when you work, you are only showing that you are a serious Christian. Serious believer go to work. They work. Then, when you work, you will have a prosperous family. Simple. Prosperity is not measured by the size of what you have. It's measured by your contentment. The Bible says godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. Prosperity is measured not by the size of your house, not by the size of your car, but by the degree of your contentment. So people of God, when you work, you will be a prosperous family. And that is taken from Proverbs 31, if you read verse, verses 27 to 29. Proverbs 31, let's go there if you can see. Proverbs 31, from verses 27 to 31. The Bible talks about the virtuous woman, an industrious woman. This is not full-time housewife. There is no place for full-time housewife in the Bible. The only time that you can devote your full-time to not working is when probably you are pregnant, you are taking care, you are raising a family, you are taking care of your children, even at it. In today's complex world, in today's digital world, there are some jobs that you do that you don't have to be physically present. It could be online, it could be through a third party, but the bottom line is, you must work. You must work. Some people, because of the way they've developed themselves, their money is working for them. They buy shares into company. The company trade with the shares. And at the end of the year, they will give them dividend. And they go to bank and convert it to cash. They are working. Their money is working for them. So even when they are sick and they are recuperating, they are working. Because working is an expression of faith. Work is gratitude to God. It, life would be boring if there is no work. That's why God created work. <clears throat> Have you noticed something if you are an hard-working person? The day you sit at home from morning to night without working, you will have slight headache. Have you ever had that experience before? Can I, do I have witness in the house? You will have slight headache. So you'll be wondering what happened to your body. Money to eat me, you are not doing anything. Headache will catch you. Because <coughs> your brain will be telling you, ah, this body is used to working. What is the body doing? It is you that will not tell the body, I am on holiday, I am resting. So work is an expression of gratitude to God. It's an expression of your faith. And when you work, you will have a prosperous family. Your family will not be poor. Your family will not be disadvantaged. Your family will not be a beggar. And I've told you that when we talk about prosperity, we are not talking of big men and big women alone. Prosperity is not a measure of the size of material things you have, but the level of your contentment. A man who has 5,000 in his pocket may be more prosperous than a man who has 10 million in his account and is not happy. Are you with me now? It's good to have 10 million, but 10 million that does not give you rest. 
that is giving you sleepless nights and you are afraid is not prosperity. So, God ordained work and our gospel and the kingdom lifestyle that we live does not allow for laziness. Now, I'm talking about career this evening. I'm laying the foundation. I'm laying the foundation for employability and career. And I'm taking the perspective from the Bible. Our gospel, this gospel that we preach to you, our kingdom lifestyle does not allow laziness. God walked, he created the heavens and the earth. Jesus walked and he is still walking. Therefore, laziness is not part of our kingdom lifestyle. Can you tell your neighbor, laziness is not part of our lifestyle? Tell him that if you have been lazy before, stop being lazy. Tell him now, or tell her. God bless us in Jesus' name. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Somebody can open it. Ecclesiastes 9, 10. Colossians 3, 23. Ecclesiastes is after Proverbs, you know. That's the preacher. The book of wisdom, chapter 9, verse 10. If you are there before me, you can read. Whatsoever thy hand findeth. God bless you, yes. Do it with thy mind. Yes. For there is no work, no mm. advice, mm. no knowledge, mm. no wisdom, mm. that thou God bless you. It is in this world that you must walk. Therefore, whatsoever your hand finds to, somebody should, as I'm talking, somebody should go ahead and open Colossians 3.23. Somebody should open Proverbs 10.4. That will come there. You see, it is in this world that we walk. When you die, there is no work. We are going to heaven to go and be praising God forever. You are going to heaven to go and rest and praise God. That is the only thing they do in heaven. That is the type of work they do in heaven. But the type of work we do on earth is only on this earth. Therefore, you must walk. Bible says, whatsoever your hands finds to do, do it. And do it very well. But when you die, you are not going to walk. Colossians 3, 23. Do your work willingly. Do your work willingly. Exactly. God bless you. Do you see why I said in the gospel, there is no secular work or spiritual work. Paul was talking to the Christians in Colossae, do your work willingly. The work of your master, do it willingly as if you are serving God. Because when you work for your master, it is God that you are serving. When you work for your employer, it is God that you are serving. If you are a clerk and you are doing accounting, it is God that you are serving. If you are a tailor and you are sewing fine dress that we wear, it is God that you are serving. Whatever you do, if you are a farmer and you are planting crop that we buy to eat, it is God that you are serving. Because if you don't plant crop, hunger will kill us. Is that not so? Hunger is going to kill us. And when hunger kills us, then we are not serving God. Do your work willingly. There is no room for laziness. Proverbs 10, 4a. The first part of chapter 10 verse 4. Proverbs. Thank you. Do you know the reason why people are poor? Is because they are lazy. It is laziness that breeds poverty. It is the lazy man that gives excuses. Oh, the 
country is hard. Oh, there is no job to be done. Oh, I cannot find any work. Oh. This country is very hard, though. And the, uh, the money itself is too small. A lazy man will always find the excuse not to work. But the Bible says that when you are lazy, you become poor. Go to, read for me, Proverbs 19.15. Proverbs 19.15. Ah. Thank you. And I do so will suffer hunger. You see it? The book of Proverbs is full of wisdom. It's a lazy man that sleeps plenty sleep. Sleep for long hours. If you sleep for long hours, it's either you are a baby. Because it is baby that sleeps for long hours. If you are not a baby, you cannot sleep for long hours. If you are not sick, you cannot sleep for long hours. If you are not an old man, maybe you are like 70 years and above. Even some 70-year-old men, they are very agile and hardworking. Are you following me now? So, our gospel does not allow laziness. But the truth of the matter is, brethren, everybody has a gift. It is now your responsibility to prayerfully find your occupation, to prayerfully find your vocation. Your gift is not my gift. Are you with me now? Who can tell me one of my gifts? Anybody? Evelyn, what is one of my gifts? Brother Sunday? HR. Because you sabi me where well, well. Evelyn. What is one of my gifts? Louder, louder, loud it, loud it. Teacher. So says tell them, Joe. Tell them one of my gifts. Everybody has a gift. Talking. Counseling. Counseling. Thank you. Talking. I can talk. No senseless talk. I can talk. If we don't have time for this fellowship, I can talk from now to tomorrow. And I will not be tired. I can only stop to drink water. It's a gift. And if you have talking gifts, you become what? Either a counselor, a journalist, a lawyer, a teacher, or a pastor. See why it is important to take our study from the Bible now. You have a gift, I have a gift. And the most important thing is to find your gift. In Genesis chapter 49, let's go and read it, because I like what happened there. It's the story of Pharaoh and the the father of Joseph, that's Jacob. Genesis 47, please. Genesis 47, 1 to 3, yes? Then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brethren and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan. Yes. And behold, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, What is your occupation? And he said unto Pharaoh, Thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. God bless you. You know, Joseph 
was the prime minister in Egypt. So when the family came to Egypt now, he took them to Pharaoh, to introduce them to Pharaoh. Do you know the only thing that interested Pharaoh? What is the only thing that interested Pharaoh? What is your occupation? You don't come and become lazy here. In this country, Egypt, we work very hard though. What is your occupation? What do you, that's why you see, when we see people for the first time, if you meet me for the first time, after I greet you, after I ask for your name, the only thing, I, the next thing I ask is, what do you do for a living? Hallelujah. I will ask you, so that I will compact. God bless you, man. I will ask and say, what do you do for a living? Even Pharaoh. Remember, Pharaoh is like today's president of America. He's a superpower. There was famine in the whole land, but there is food in Egypt. And God has placed Joseph there to organize their prosperity. For the seven years that I had plenty, Joseph was organizing things for them. He was storing things for them. He was planning for them, for the future. People in the other land, they were eating their own food. They were eating their destiny. They were eating their future. When famine came for seven years, everybody came to Egypt to come and meet, come and meet Pharaoh. Pharaoh sent them to Joseph. And when they came to Pharaoh, very strategic mind said, what do you do for a living? May I know? Don't come to this land and be a pest. Don't come to this land and be hide. Don't come to this land and be lazy. What do you do for a living? Anybody that comes to be the evangelical mission to our church, <clears throat> if the person is not a student, if the person is not a child, if the person is not a retiree old man, please ask him the question, sir, what do you do for a living? Ask him, don't be a liability to be a mission. Do you have an occupation? Are you together now? Pharaoh asked, what do you do for a living? And they answered him, he said, we are not lazy, we are shepherds. If you read down, they got the best choice of land to do their trade. So everybody has a gift. You must discover your own gift. And I'm happy that students are among us. If you discover your gift early, you can become prosperous early. People that you read about, uh, Steve Jobs, that uh, invented Apple, uh, Bill Gates with Microsoft, you know they started early. They discovered their gift early, and they started very early. Even Mark Zuckerberg, that gave us Facebook, started early. Jeff, Boss, Jeff, all these people that you are reading about their names today, they started when early, because they discovered their gift. Whether you go to school or not, it does not matter. What is important is that you must find your gift. And when you read Romans chapter 12, let's go to Romans chapter 12. Don't worry, we'll soon round up. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. It's important for me to lay the foundation for your career so that you understand where we are going. Romans chapter 12. If you are there before me, please read verses 4 to 8. Romans 12, 4 to 8. For as we have many members in one body. We have many members in one body. And all members have not the same office. Correct. So we've been many mm. and one body in Christ. Mm. And everyone members one of another. Mm. Having then gifts according to the grace that is given unto us. Yes. Whether prophecy, let mm -hmm. us prophesy. Yes. According to the portion of our faith. Mm. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or either teach it on teaching. Or either exhort it on exhortation. Mm. Either give it, let it do it with simplicity. Either rule it with diligence. Mm. Either show it mercy with cheerfulness. God bless you. 
Paul gave example of different gifts that people have. Do you know that showing mercy is a gift? Showing mercy is a gift. Giving is a gift. Some people, if they have 100 naira, they can give 90 naira out. They will keep 10 naira in their pocket. It's a gift. Whereas some people, they are super glue, tight-fisted. Even if they have 10 million, they will join you to be complaining. Ah, country hard, oh, country hard. Ah, this worry, country is hard. They are lying. They can help. They can empower youth in their community. They will not do it. After they have told you that country is hard, the next thing you see them, they're going to buy a very big car. They will not be driving. They will say, now God. That is not the type of example that we want to follow. Bottom line is everybody's got a gift. My brother, my sister, what is your gift? Find it. It is in your gift that you will find your occupation. Hallelujah. It is in your gift that you will find your occupation. Helping people is a gift. It's not everybody that can help. Exhortation, teaching is a gift. Read it very well in the Bible. Prophecy, that is declaring the counsel of God, is a gift. And it's God that gives us the gift. Whatever you find yourself doing, and you're doing it without struggling, that's your gift. You do it naturally. You do it joyfully. It's your gift. Hallelujah. Amen. You can only come to this type of seminar to learn more on how to sharpen your skill, how to sharpen your gift. And as you do this, the Lord will help you in Jesus' name. Amen. Finding our gifts is divided into three ways. You can express your gift through your hand or through your head. But more importantly, through your heart. Are you following me now? Let me repeat myself. You can express your gift through your hand. There is nothing wrong with Andy Walker. It's one of the ways that people can prosper. And that's why they say, Atelewe Niki Shekini. Atelewe Niki Shekini. Your hands cannot deceive you. As you stand in front of camera, now so they go print out the picture for you. It is God that gives you hands. And you can express your gifts through your hand. You can express your gift through your head. That's your brain. Intellectual work. It is people that do intellectual work that you find in the office wearing tie. If you wear tie, it's okay. If you work with your hands and you are a blue uh, or brown color worker, it's okay. But whether you work with your head or you work with your hands, your heart must be connected to the work that you are doing. Are you following me now? Do you know that the, in uh, Oshu, Oshu is a town in Oshun State. What is Oshu popular for? A down. Stadokas. Oshu. Kinoma Oshufun. Akara. 
Oshu is renowned for uh, what is Akara in English? Eshe, God bless you. Bean cake. The first woman to build story building in that town. What is her occupation? She was selling Akara. You ask me, how can somebody sell Akara and build story building? She did it too. She worked with her hand. Hallelujah. Amen. When you go to the internet on LinkedIn, that's the social media where professionals interact. You see a lot of young people, they celebrate their mothers, their parents. There's one young lady, I don't know whether young people you saw her. She wore copper's uniform and came to do the copper salute to her mother. And because of that, she got a job. Many companies were calling her to come and get a job. She went back to appreciate her mother. You see some of these young graduates, they wear copper's uniform and go and meet their mother in the market where they are selling fish and give the, their mother the copper's cap to wear. They celebrate what? Handwork. Nobody should be ashamed because of the type of work you do. Nobody. And to Praise the Lord. A Christian must not steal. It's a sin. But as long as you are not stealing, if you are doing legitimate work, what do you young people call legitimate work? Legit. Abi? They say legit. As long as you are doing the work that is legit, God will bless the work of your hand. But Yahoo is a sin. Whatever they call it, scamming, is a sin. God does not endorse it. But anything that you do that is legitimate with your hand, God will bless it. Anything that you do that is legitimate with your brain, God will bless it. As long as it is not a sin, or you are not doing it to defraud other people. If you are selling fake pharmaceutical, fake medicine, drugs, it's a sin. Because when people take the drug, they will die. If you are selling fake pharmaceutical, and people take it, and they misbehave in the society, it's a sin. Because you are destroying the society that God created. I told you in the morning that God, uh, earlier, sorry, that God created the society. Anybody who wants to tamper with what God creates, God will destroy the person. People of God, find your gift. Find out whether you are good with your hand or whether you are good with your brain. If you ask me as your pastor, what are you good with? I'll tell you, I'm good with my brain. Anything that has to do with hand, I will have to beg people to help me do it. I cannot do it. Some people, they are good with their hands. That is where your blessing is. Develop yourself in it. Hallelujah. If you are good with your hand, develop it. If you are good with your brain, develop it. But the way to prosper, the way to get a job, is that your heart must be there. Your career, is that your gift? that you have developed into a skill. Your career, is that your gift that you have developed into a vocation? That's what we are saying. And for you to make it marketable, for you to make it attractive, for you to make it sellable, 
you must do the following seven things that I want to list, then we'll go and pray. Everybody is talking about creating value, creating value. Now, what is value? What do you mean by creating value? I can just come here and tell you, okay, to succeed in your career, to get a job, to become employable, create value. I'll just be speaking big English that does not have meaning. Seven things you must do as a Christian to succeed in your career. I've already told you that your career is that gift that you have, that you have developed into an occupation, into a vocation by training. Either you go to school or you learn a trade to become a master. For example, I want to be a nurse. What do I need to be a nurse? Ejo. I'm not talking of all those people that normally wear blue uniform in the hospital. Nurse. What do I need to be a nurse? Yes? Loud it, loud it. You have to go to university and spend five years and graduate. Bachelor of Nursing. They will give you a certificate to practice. The ones that wear blue uniform, what do they call them? God bless you, Sister Comfort. Auxiliary. Auxiliary means support. Because what you need for auxiliary is either school sat or GS3. Or school sat that you don't have all your results. You can do auxiliary. You learn for two years. You'll be supporting them in the hospital. There's nothing wrong with it. What has happened? You are being trained. That is where I'm going. You are being trained. Hallelujah. Amen. If I want to learn how to sew shoe, can I just go and put a signboard that Shoemaker is here. Can I do that? They will, by the time I spoil somebody's shoe, I'll go to police station. To be a shoemaker, how many years do I need to learn? Oga, how many? Yes. Two years. Because we have a brother here who is learning to be a shoemaker, a shoe designer. Two years. They will do freedom for you. They will give you a certificate to go and practice. You will join the association so that they can protect your interests. Even ordinary to be grinding pepper, you know you need training. I bet I can just go and buy machine for grinding pepper and start grinding pepper. No. My sister, you cannot do it all. You need to belong to the association. No, 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 no. You cannot just carry buy grinding machine and put it in front of your house. They will come and say, excuse me, what is your membership number? If you don't have, they will carry your machine. I'll be back, oh. You carry your machine and go. You come and build it. Because every, every industry, every occupation is protecting its interest. Before you go and grind pepper and a goosey together and be killing people, giving them food poison. So you need to be trained to grind that pepper. I'm serious. When we were younger, when people want to sell a baby's clothes, all this one that they normally carry up and down to sell, you go and learn it six months. You cannot just go to the market, buy baby clothes, baby things, then put it inside tray and be carrying it up and down. No. You will learn how to sell it for six months. A member of my family, way back in Akure then, had to learn for six months and did freedom before she could sell. Yes. People that are just selling bread inside tray, all these agege bread, you think that you just wake up one day, then you start selling agege bread. No, they have to put you through 
It might be one week training. It might be two weeks training. But somebody must put you through. Because if they don't put you through, you will not know if you are selling 200 naira bread. You will not know how to cut it to 20, 20 naira and put butter inside. You will short. Are you following me now? So that your career, I need you to listen to me, is your gift that you have developed by training or apprenticeship into your vocation. Look at this heap that we are doing for corn and cassava and yam. Can anybody do it, Oga? Anybody cannot just carry O and say they want to do it. Why? Because you don't know it. You don't learn it. Because the heap for yam, Cynthia, the yam heap, is it the same thing for corn heap? How do you know? Because you're a student, you're not a farmer. How do you know? You see what I mean? Because he's the child of a farmer. Why is the answer no? She go understand the follow papa mama go farm. Because by the time you use the even me, don't forget that my own uh, gift is my brain. Let me tell you the reason. Oga, correct me if I'm wrong. Can we control the children? Please, when we have program, let's always have life. So. If you use the heap for corn to plant yam, by the time you harvest, there is no yam to harvest. Because the tuba does not have nutrients to go down, to go and develop. Are correct? Yes. Simple now. Because the heap for corn is very small. It doesn't, have, it doesn't need deep root. But yam is a tuba plant. It must go down into the soil. And for you to get Benue yam. See, I see my Benue people, they are smiling now. So you are Benue, eh? For you to get Benue yam, you must have very big heap. That's why the O that Benue people use for farming is different from ordinary O. I correct? Yes. That's it. Because it must be able to give you big heap. So, brethren, do you have a gift? Develop it into a career. And for you to succeed in your career, first of all, you must trust God. That's point number one. I'm giving you seven points to succeed in your career. You must trust God because as a Christian, there is nothing that we do that does not involve God. Trust God in your career. You must trust God. Put God first. If you put your trust in man, you'll be disappointed. If you put your trust in any charm or juju, it will fail. So in your career, you must trust God. Let me tell you one story, very funny. One young man is a graduate. He wanted to go and attend interview. Are you listening? They went to go and meet Baba. You know what I mean. Baba gave him one cream to rub in his body. That when he gets to the interview, he will face everybody, he will find favor. Unfortunately, when he got to the interview, the cream was smelling bad. They said, ah, what is smelling now? We don't know whether it is cow dung that the Baba used to prepare the charm. The boy was smelling terrible inside AC. He said, ah, excuse me, excuse me, Oga, can you stand outside? And that is how he lost the interview opportunity. 
Trust God. That's number one as a Christian. In everything that we do, we must put God first and we must trust him. I did not take that one down. In whatever you are doing, people of God, we must trust God. For he's the source of all things. Number two, because of time, be diligent. Proverbs 10.4. Proverbs 10.4. Read the second part of Proverbs 10.4 for me, please. 10.4b. Be diligent. Yes. God bless you. The hand of the diligent make it rich. As I'm talking, go to Romans 12, 11 and wait for me. If you want to be rich, you have to be hard working. If you want to make money in your business, if you want to make money in your career, you have to be diligent. You have to be conscientious. You have to be hard working. You must be a workaholic. Yes, please. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit. God bless you. If you have a career, you cannot afford to be slothful. You cannot afford to be lazy. You have to be diligent. Just the same way you serve. Don't forget, something's on the floor. Just the same way you serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, to succeed in your career, to succeed in your business, you must be hard working. You must be diligent. Number three, you must be genuinely interested in people. Everything we do is about people. If I, you are a pastor, you don't like people, you cannot have a church. You know that church is a place for imperfect people. Do you know that? Church is a place that people that are not perfect come to. Smokers will come, drunkards will come, prostitutes will come, people whose life are upside down, they will come. If you are a pastor, you keep chasing them. Will you have members? No. It is these people that God is interested in. Then when they come, their lives will change. Hallelujah. Amen. If you are doing business, you must be interested in people and genuinely interested in people. Not to be interested in people for your own advantage. Are you following me now? Some people, they are very selfish. They, only, they use people for their own advantage. When you do that with your career, you will lose, ultimately. But for you to succeed in your career, for you to find favor in your career, show interest in people. Show interest in your boss. Show interest in your colleagues that you are working together. Show interest in people that are below you. Because people that are below you, they can help you. People that are above you, they can help you. Your mate, they can help you. Don't disregard anybody. Don't disrespect anybody. Some people, they will say that the gate man, they cannot, it's not useful to them. You never can tell the gate man can save your life. There is a story on the internet. One woman, she's a very respectable woman. When she comes in the morning, she will greet the security man. Baba, how are you? Good morning. How is your family? When she's closing in the evening, she will greet the security man. Good night. God bless you. Take care of yourself. See you tomorrow. Every day, very courteous woman. And she's working in cold room. You know cold room? Where they keep fish. 
One day, she was cleaning the cold room. She was inside the cold room. And the colleague did not know that she was there. The colleague locked the cold room and go. Yeah. She was locked in the cold room. She kept knocking. Nobody could hear her voice. One hour, two hours, three hours. Cold room. And she was dying. She was freezing. Her voice was fainting. But everybody don't close. Sign out. Baba look time. Where is this woman? She has not greeted me good night. Baba rush and check attendance. She signed in. She did not sign out. Ha! Lode, she went around the whole company. She could not find her. Where is her department? Code room. Everywhere. You know she was faint. She could not shout again. Baba went and looked for key. Opened the code room. And there she was. Caught her to die. Brought her out. What saved her life? She was interested in people. She's always greeting the Baba. If she's the type that when she's going, she'll just give the Baba eyes. Will Baba remember her? No. People of God, be genuinely interested in people. Are you following me now? That is how you can succeed in your career. Number four, be ready to serve. Be ready to serve. Number five, be innovative. The thing you do yesterday, do it in a different way today. Did you get that message? The things you did yesterday, do it in a different way today. Number five, keep solving problems. In your career, in your business, in the things you do, keep providing solutions for people. And lastly, be thankful. Because of light, we are going to close. Be thankful. Look, if you are working with your hand, don't envy people that are working with their brain. If you are working with your head, don't envy people that are working with their hand. Our gifts are not the same. They are different. But we need one another. I need the man that is working with his hand. The man that is working with his hand needs me that is working with my head. We need one another. And in all things, we are thankful to God for giving us the opportunity to do what? To be alive, to work. This is where I'm going to stop this first seminar on career and employability. You also go and work. That is the challenge I'm giving unto you. If there's anybody here that is lazy, the solution to laziness is you also go and work. If there's anybody here that is not profitable in his business, you have learned the way to be profitable in your career. So I'm saying to you this evening, you also go and work. And as you are working, the Lord will bless the labor of your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's bow our heads to pray. I want you to thank God for giving you the opportunity to hear this word. And like my brother prayed when we were praying, Brother Sunday, the word that you have heard today, ask for grace to practice it. Let us pray. For the grace of God to practice what we have heard this evening. Make sure you are praying that the grace of God will be sufficient for you to practice what you have heard this evening. We will do more of these seminars in the church now. And the Lord will help us. Lord, give me the grace to go and practice what I have learned today in the name of Jesus.